Welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I'm Jennifer, and this is episode 143. Update. Things are good. I know, big surprise, right? <laughs> I, I, It sounds repetitive, but I am grateful to be able to come on here most weeks and say things are good. This past week, or I should say last week, by the time you're hearing this, we had our I guess, graduation for the training program that I've been in for almost a year. I hope you could hear the air quotes around the word graduation. I mean, at least that's kind of how it was presented to us. But in actuality, what it was, was a three-day, six-hour-per-day training. (laughs) So... I guess I can remove, you know, or I guess that qualifies the air quotes, right, around graduation. I have to admit, it was a bit anticlimactic, you know, like, I don't know exactly what I was expecting. You know, we're all working from home, right? I mean, it's not like, excuse me, it's not like we could get together like at a big uh, reception hall, you know, we're all remote workers, but I think that I was hoping for a bit more of a celebration or a, you know, a a moving up day, (laughs) something. (laughs) I know that everyone, everyone who has been a part of this program has worked really hard to get to this point, you know, over the last year. And I think maybe instead of looking for, you know, them or, you know, the the bosses or whatever to to kind of throw a celebration for me. Maybe I just need to kind of take a moment and give myself a little credit for having gotten through the last 11 months. I told you guys, this has been the most difficult year or first year of any job that I have ever had. And I can tell you, with 100% certainty that I never would have made it through without the support of the other women in my cohort. I have talked to you about them before and what a blessing they have been. Each one of them, their support, their jokes, the way that we can, you know, complain and commiserate with each other is the only reason that I have made it through. And I sincerely thank each and every one of them. And I will most assuredly tell them this before we are done with this program. I don't know how lucky, I I don't know how I got so lucky to be placed with this specific group of women, but I am so grateful that I was. I love them and I will miss them all very much. Each of them bring something unique to our group, you know, One makes a point of sending a good morning gif every single day. Another is really skilled at making very funny memes and sending them at the exact moment when we need to laugh. There's another one who got kind of lost in the forest of information like I did, but we found our way out together through encouragement and even more prayer. There's one who is really sweet, who may not speak up a whole lot, but when she does, 
shows that she has more knowledge and capability to do this job than I do. And lastly, there is the one who always speaks the truth, no matter what. At the end of this year, you know, when the training is done and we quote unquote graduate, we are each going to be going to separate facilities across the country, but we are bonded. Sorry, ladies, you are not getting rid of me that easily. I love you. I will miss you so much. I It is very hard for me to even imagine my day to day without you. I, you know, of course, we have vowed <laughs> to stay in contact and continue our little group chat. But, you know, it, it's not it won't be the same, you know, but I, I will miss them very much. And I was thinking about, you know, that and this group, you know, the other day, and I, it occurred to me that if I had been placed into a different group, you know, say a, a group of complainers, I'm sure I would have become a complainer too. And don't get me wrong, I have done plenty of complaining over the last 11 months in our little group chat with these women. But each time that I did, one of them would say something to sort of change my perspective, whether it was, you know, kind of showing me the other side, giving me a little clarity, making a joke. And it reminded me that when we're surrounded by negativity, we become negative, you know, and it's such an obvious observation. But I think sometimes it happens even without us even knowing a while back, I noticed that my entire Twitter feed was people complaining about whatever, you know, about politics, celebrities, even dumb TV shows. And I found myself agreeing a little too much. So I took a break from Twitter. Well, it's can I call it Twitter still? I think I X. I guess I should be calling it X now. But I, I mean, I felt like I just kind of needed to, to get away from it. And then I noticed kind of the same thing was happening on my Instagram. So I decided to change who I watch and change who I follow, you know, to sort of, you know, shake up the algorithm a little bit. And because I just don't want to always be opening social media and be flooded with people complaining about stuff that really has nothing to do with me and it doesn't affect my day-to-day -day life. For example, one of the accounts I follow on Instagram is a beautiful girl. She was Miss New York. Her name is Taryn Delany Smith. She does a series where she plays uh, a character named Denise, who is a receptionist in heaven. And you can see shorter versions on Instagram, but if you go to her YouTube channel, you'll see the longer version. I love these. She's funny. Like, there's one where she's explaining to someone that they don't qualify for the upgraded angel package because they made 47 Starbucks baristas cry. But every once in a while, she'll do like a special one, like when, when a viewer will write to her and ask her to welcome their loved one into heaven. And these always make me cry because they're so sweet and they're not, they're sweet in an authentic way, you know, not, not in a saccharine way. And I just love them. And so this is the kind of stuff that I'm now following on my Instagram, just a more positive 
outlook, <laughs> you know, I, I guess my point is you get to choose whether you surround yourself with negativity or positivity, but just remember that what you put in is also what comes out. TV podcast recommendations, no new podcasts this week, but did you guys hear Karen from My Favorite Murder also mention the Mr. Ballin podcast last week, like in the same week? I felt like a brainwave moment with her. It was kind of cool. For TV, I watched How Do You Measure a Year on Max. It's a short and sweet documentary about a father who videotapes his daughter, Ella, every year on her birthday, starting at age two through age 18. And he uses the same questions each year. And some of the questions maybe aren't age appropriate or rele relevant at the time, but they become relevant as she gets older. And it's a little heartbreaking to see like the imagined answers of the child become the real answers as she gets older. You know, like there's this there's this amazing moment around the age of 11, you know, you remember that age, you know, when, when you have this unimaginably high self-esteem and courage because you're old enough to know you are your own unique person, but still young and innocent enough to not fully understand the harsh realities of the world. Ella goes through her typical teenage angsty years. She becomes a little sullen around the age of 11, like when her father asks her what she likes most and she says sleeping. And when he asks her if she's happy and she says, not really, but I'm working on it. Ella is an amazing kid, smart, funny, considerate, compassionate, she understands, even when she gets a little annoyed by the entire process, that it's important for her and for her dad. It was really good. It's very short. I think it's about half an hour. I liked it a lot. And then I surprised myself by watching a movie on Hulu starring Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Now, <laughs> I have mixed feelings about myths because on one hand, Grace and Frankie was one of my favorite shows. On the other hand, Jane Fonda movies, especially the more recent ones, are not my favorite. I cannot tell you how much I despise the movies they make with like a group of older women going on an adventure. The book club movies are some of the worst I have ever seen, and I absolutely refuse to watch 80 for, for Brady. But this one was different. It was actually really good. It's called Moving On. The IMDb description says it's about two estranged women, uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, who reunite to seek revenge against the husband of their recently deceased best friend. Along the way, they learn to make peace with their past and each other. It's really good. Both women are really good in this, but if I'm going to be honest, the only reason I watched this was for Lily Tomlin, and she does not disappoint. So if you've seen it available on Hulu and have been avoiding it like the plague because you're still not over the trauma of watching one of those book club movies, avoid it no more. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. It was really good. All right, now that you're all caught up on my week, let's get into this, into this week's topic. 
We're back. So I saw a meme the other day that said something like, when you try to repair something that's broken, it's never as good as the original. And at the time, I thought I understood what it was referring to. I mean, there wasn't really any context or reference, just that one sentence. So when I read it, I assumed it meant, you know, something about like, relationships and broken trust, maybe. And I guess I can agree with that. I mean, I tend to believe that when it comes to trust in relationships, you can only rebuild it so many times. You know, I, I sort of think of it as a vase, you know, like you can't keep breaking it and putting it back together. At some point, it's just not going to hold water anymore. But then a few days later, I saw another meme, and this one was talking about kintsugi. And even if you're not familiar with the term, because I wasn't, you've probably seen it. It's a Japanese art form, and it's using precious metals like gold or silver to repair pottery. And when I saw this, I thought back to that first meme, and I thought maybe I should interpret it differently. You know, when I put it in context, now I found myself disagreeing with it. According to an article on Medium.com, the art of kintsugi is believed to have originated in the 16th century, but has become more popular since the 20th century. It's used to repair cracks, chips, holes, or missing pieces of pottery without creating a, quote, ugly surface like glue or filler, you know, would do. It's creating something beautiful from something that was once broken. The Japanese believe that beauty can be found in imperfections, and they will look for ways to fix broken pottery rather than discard it. The process is a long one. It usually takes months to complete. It's done slowly and with precision, leaving plenty of time for each repaired piece to set and dry before moving on to the next area that needs repairing. I have to admit, when I first started researching Kintsugi, I didn't really understand it. I was reading articles on the actual process, and it didn't make any sense to me. I mean, in my world, you know, if I break a cup or a bowl, I just buy a new one, easy peasy. It wasn't until I understood the philosophy behind it that I finally got it. And when I did, it hit me hard. We are living disposable lives. Things come to us too easy, and that's why we don't see any value in trying to repair them when they're broken, or we maybe just think we don't need them any longer. For example, the other day, Facebook showed me a memory from, I don't know, 10 years ago when I was talking about a pair of shoes that I had never worn, but they were just sitting in my closet because when I saw them, they made me happy. They weren't practical. They were more like decoration. In fact, they were four-inch black sequin pumps with red soles. They were beautiful, and I love them. I don't remember buying them, but I can still clearly see them sitting on my shoe rack. I never once wore them out of the house, but from time to time, I would put them on and walk around the apartment just because it made me happy to look down and see them. When I was reminded of that post, I thought, 
I wonder whatever happened to those shoes. I honestly have no idea. The only thing I know for sure is I no longer have them. Did I give them away? Did I donate them? Maybe I just threw them out thinking I was never going to wear them. Who knows? But I had this moment of disappointment. Not because I didn't have the shoes anymore, but because of how careless I was with something that brought me so much joy just from having them. And I started to wonder, what else have I done this with? I'm sure I've done it many times. You know, something outlives its usefulness and I get rid of it. To some extent, this is normal. We don't have the room to keep all of the things we've collected over the years. There has to be some rotation, right? There are even professional organizers who tell us before we bring in something new, we need to get rid of something old. That does make sense. But I have to admit, I've been a little too careless with some of the things I've gotten rid of. I think, especially as Americans, we've become a temporary society. I'm not sure when or why this happened, but if I had to guess, I'd say it's because things come easily for us. We can just get rid of stuff because we can always just go get another one. Maybe it's gotten old or doesn't look as good as it did when we first got it, or maybe our tastes have changed. Even something as silly as throw pillows. We purchased them for a reason. You know, they they went with our aesthetic at the time, but now we're redecorating because, you know, farmhouse chic is just so yesterday, and now we need new ones. I just recently did this. I was cleaning out my linen closet, and I found some bedding sets that I no longer use. Some were stained or torn, and some were just incomplete, so I threw them away. It wasn't until a few days later that I realized I could have donated them. An animal shelter would have loved to have those old sheets and blankets. I think the reason why the idea of Kintsugi is hitting me so hard was because I didn't see it as repairing broken pottery. I finally, it finally clicked and I saw it more as repairing myself. I told you about the person I used to be, you know, angry, intolerant, careless, quick to criticize. I understand why I was that way. I was broken. And it's taken me a long time to begin to work on repairing myself. Years. I'm still working on it. What if the people in my life had discarded me as easily as I had discarded that inc- those incomplete bedding sets? Looking back, I would have understood if they did. Over the years, I've given the people I love many reasons to walk away. Some did. I don't blame them. No one wants to be around a miserable person. But some stayed. They accepted me in spite of my flaws or maybe because of them and loved me even though I didn't love myself very much at all. A few years ago, after I split with my ex, I decided that I needed to learn why I was the way I was. I knew that I needed to do this in order to break the destructive patterns of my life. I didn't want to keep ending up right back where I started. One day, I was sitting in my favorite spot, 
it's a little deck on the water in a park near me. And I was sitting there in the sun and I was journaling. And all of a sudden, this thought came into my head and it felt significant. And so I wrote it down. And the thought was, all my life, I've worn my mistakes like tattoos displayed for others to criticize. As I begin to love myself, I'm starting to see them less as mistakes and more like art. I had forgotten all about this quote until this week when I was researching Kintsugi. The idea that we can somehow repair our brokenness with something even more beautiful and valuable than what we started with. I think I often get stuck on the why or the how something, you know, that damaged me happened. I look for situations or people to blame. And I know exactly why I do this. It's because it's always easier to blame someone or something else than it is to actually fix the damage itself. But what if we were able to remove ourselves completely and just look at the brokenness? What if we saw it as an opportunity to repair it with something beautiful? So that when we looked at it, you know, our, our, our history of brokenness would not be something to hide or be ashamed of, but it would be something to value and celebrate, a way to measure how far we've come instead of how flawed we are. When we apply the art of Kintsugi to ourselves, it becomes about healing from the things that hurt us and transforming them. Instead of hiding the scars, it highlights them in a way that is not only beautiful, but is stronger and more resilient. One of the greatest benefits for me accepting my own flaws is I've become far less judgmental when it comes to other people's flaws. During my research, another article I found, this one was on theconversation.com, said that we tend to hide our flaws, wounds, broken parts, and to be ashamed of them. But once we accept and embrace ourselves as we are, without judgment and criticism, our own pain will become a shining, unique form of art. Our pain turns into love, and we will become more compassionate of others, too. If you decide to try this concept of Kintsugi, you should know going in that it is not going to be an easy or quick process. The hardest part is identifying the flaws that need repairing, especially if you've been hiding them or denying them for a long time. But once you accept the flaw, regardless of how it happened, you can start to repair it. We do not have to be defined by our past mistakes. They are not who we are. They are just something we did. And remember, Kintsugi says we can learn to see what needs the areas that we are working on is beautiful and valuable and that our history makes us unique and precious, not broken and damaged. So embrace your imperfections. Find the beauty in your scars. It's only through loving and accepting yourself that you can turn those scars into art. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for coming back for episode 143. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, My So-Called Midlife Podcast, and like the Facebook page, My So-Called Midlife Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at My So-Called Midlife Podcast. 
If you like the podcast, tell your friends and then tell them to listen. The second part is the important part. If you have questions, if you have topic suggestions, email me at my so-called midlife podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, until next time. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. Thank you.